You're listening to Resident Advisors Exchange. I'm Vanessa Maria. Thank you for being here with us. On this edition of the podcast, RA's partnership with Black Minds Matter continues. Black Minds Matter is a charity on a mission to connect black individuals and families with free mental health services by professional black therapists. Black Minds Matter are currently looking for 21,000 long-term donors who are able to donate just £5 per month. And with your support, they can take real steps to achieving their goal of creating a lasting impact on black mental health. There are links in the description of this podcast if you are able to contribute. This episode is all about collaboration and how it affects mental health in music. Is it better to work alone or is it better to work in a group? What are the effects of going solo? Isn't music inherently collaborative? Does collaboration support artists' well-being? These are some of the questions I was asking myself in relation to the well-known statement, best alone, better together. And I found the answers after talking to a Luna of a Luna George. For me, collaboration came first. And that's because looking inward and having a relationship with myself was the much harder journey for me. And Slick Unit, a collective based in Germany. Everybody, I would say, still has their insecurities every once in a while. But in general, permanently having a crew of four people in your bag is just a really, really good feeling. So expect to hear in-depth conversations around the healing and transformative power of collaboration, as well as the empowering journey of venturing solo. First up, we have an interview with Slick Unit. Slick Unit is a DJ network from Berlin and Hamburg, virtually founded in 2020 by Jax TMS, Senu, Nissa, Young Room and Slingle Fat. Members of Slick do not only share their enthusiasm for music, but even more so a strong longing for unity, collective joy and radical solidarity within the music industry. I wanted to speak to them because they are newly formed collectives spanning across cities in Germany who have all had solo ventures before coming together. The insight into collaboration is invaluable, especially as some members have ventured into motherhood and hold up full-time jobs. They provide a realistic look at how real life crosses over into music and how being in a group can offer an individual the luxury of being able to lean on one another for support. Love for music is what brought you guys together and it's how you formed and it's how you all share like passions in and I wondered like what um, you do outside of DJing as well because I know you're all in the creative like sector um, and how that contributes to you as a like collective. Yeah you're actually right it's funny that you say that because I never thought about it like this way that we're all in the creative sector so it kind of happened. Um, I think we really much benefit, um, especially from Susu, Young Boom being a performer. I just realized this last week when we played in Frankfurt. It was oh, like amazing. Like the way she performs, it's just insane. And I think we are, the rest of us is not as extroverted and not as performative in a sense, but it's, it's so amazing to see her like in her element, which is also her job, right? Um, mm-hmm. And obviously Nissa as an amazing designer, creating the brand and just having so much joy and building the whole social media content and um yeah 
What about the other jobs? I don't know. <laughs> well, Sanu, for example, is, well, she's actually an illustrator as well and basically a fashion designer, but you don't really do that anymore a lot, but she works as a strategist. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you work as a design strategist, correct? <laughs> and uh, that's something that we benefit from a lot because she's super organized and really good at like moderating group calls, um, organizing the stuff we have to think about, the way we approach uh, people or the way we get in contact with the people that approach us. And so Elise uh, Sen was really good at like streamlining all of the processes that are like part of work as a collective. And um, well, Jack, she's a full-time DJ. She's the only one that really is in quotes a DJ. And Slim Girl Fat, she's actually a mu musician. So she's a producer and she does her own music. She's a singer. She just um, released her first debut album in, in December. Check it out, Nalan. I'm good at the crying tape <laughs> and <laughs> shameless plug. If we need something produced, that's going to be her that, who's going to do it. And also, like, like we have two mothers in the crew and I, can, yeah. I, I can't um, stop talking about this because I feel um, there's not so much connection between like being a mother and a DJ and from what the others experience when they like Jax is the one who just like more recently became a mother and like it was very shocking to me how people responded to her pregnancy like people asking her if she would sell her CDJs now and stuff like this so it's like oh it's like okay the moment you become a baby you you will get a baby you're definitely not gonna be a DJ right so I think this is also very um Yeah, very interesting, right? because being a mother is such a crazy job. <laughs> crazy in a sense, like um, exhausting, can be exhausting, you know? Um, and I think it's amazing how she makes it work. Amazing. So it, when I think of like how you've described all the members of the group, there's like different ingredients for like a cake and it comes yeah. together <laughs> and it's just made something like really nice. It tastes <laughs> fantastic. Um, and <laughs> I like that image. Yeah, you know, <laughs> or maybe you need a slick unit cake. Did you all, or were, was everyone a DJ prior to Slick Unit? Yes. Yes. <laughs> But we were all like DJing on our own. I think maybe with like different different time dedicated to DJing, I can just say. Like yeah. I think since we founded um, the crew, it's like it's always around. Like you're always like dedicated to put in some work because there's also other people, right? So it's kind of... Um, the motivation is there and also more like commitment in a sense. Mm. Of course, you're still allowed to take a break. It's not forbidden to take a break, but I think you get more excited, right? Whereas if you're on your own and you don't get gigs, you might be anxious and might get frustrated quicker in a sense. But now there's there might be another booking coming in from one of the crew members and she might take you along. So I think that's a nice thing that there's like a continuous like... Um, stream of bookings also because we share our bookings if we can if there's like budget and time on a um on a booking amazing i asked because i just wanted to know um if you were pursuing music alone like alone before that and you you touched on some of the i guess the themes of like anxiety of um not feeling like you were maybe progressing and i i wondered whether forming that collective has um i guess changed your perception on um, like music and has it made it potentially like easier to you know play out and has it re like eradicated some of that like 
fear of missing out when it comes to shows? Everybody, I would say, still has their insecurities every once in a while. But in general, having like permanently having a crew of four people in your back is just a really, really good feeling. And um, it's always good to be able to have like your private sounding board of people that you can bounce ideas off of and um, talk things through because it automatically gives you a certain, um, yeah, self-confidence, I would say, in what you do um, in, as compared to when you're just walk, working on your own, I'd say. That makes sense. What does the phrase best alone, better together mean to you? I think um, it describes very well how how working in a collective is. It's definitely better together and it's way more fun. So I'm actually by now, I'm actually kind of sad if I have to play on my own. Yeah. (laughs) Like I want to take someone. So the good thing is that even though um, I might be playing on my own, there might still someone come along. So, you know, you don't feel as lonely and I kind of feel lonely behind the DJ booth by now mm-hmm. on my own. But I think what is also important to mention is that being together or being in a collective always um, means more work. <laughs> so you need to align with the people, you need to check in, you need to be able to ha- build empathy, right? And um, even though you might not feel like communicating, you still yeah, you're, you're more responsible in a sense. So, um, but I think it's important and it's good to practice this ability of commu- communal work in a sense. Yeah, that's true. Not just like, yeah, not just like sharing music or ideas or whatever, but um, really taking responsibility, like uh, Sandu said, for other people and their creative endeavors I'd say it almost sounds like a sisterhood I don't know like you know yeah 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 and I think actually it's 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 a good thing that we weren't as close before so I think there's like friendships that existed within the group before but I feel it's like when you were do you know like when you when you found a flat or like when you're like have a flatmate I experience it's always easier if you are not besties Mm-hmm. because then you can still set boundaries, you can still develop this kind of relationship. And I feel the same for a slick unit. Like there's a reason why we chose this group of people. And obviously we were all like, we, we were like interested in each other and we liked each other. But I mean, I, I still feel like I'm getting to know Nissa. Yeah, and I'm totally. getting to know um, Young Woom, right? So it's, it's a process. Um, but it, we still have this like friendship but also work relationship. So it's, it's very grown up. You touched on motherhood and I feel like it, 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 like it reminds me of just like my friend who recently had a baby and I feel like she stepped into like a more of a like thoughtful and reflective and intentional um, like point in her life. And I feel like that intention of like making sure that your, your other crew members are okay. And like, you know, it's, it's like from a place of like care, like, yeah. You know, you're all like just taking care of each other um, yeah. while like supporting each other's like growth personally, professionally. And um, I think that sounds so lovely and healthy, you know, <laughs> it's a nice, yeah, yeah. 
I think, yeah, it's kind of surprising because especially when working with creatives, I think ego is often a big problem <clears throat> to deal with. But I feel we've had very, very seldom run-ins with like ego problems. <laughs> And I don't know, maybe it's that we all passed the 30. I don't know, maybe it's that. <laughs> Maybe it's an age thing and like a grown-up thing, but it's really, yeah, it feels really relaxed and yeah. Yeah, like Sano said, growing together. That's cool. Yeah. And I think especially nowadays, you know, like there's so much strategy behind everything, says the strategist, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like how, especially in the scene where everyone is a fighter, everyone wants to be in this lineup or whatever, I feel it's it's so great to just reflect on this behavior and be like, we are different in this circle of group, in this circle of people. So you feel more comfort. And whenever I have feelings that I don't want to, like, you know, this moment where you have a certain emotion and you don't want to be this person, like being envious or whatever. It's so nice that I can also share this with you guys. Mm -hmm. And then I can just let it go because I think it's also natural to be frustrated, you know, and about like not getting a booking or being paid or being treated badly. So um, it's also just nice to have someone to turn to and to, to share this in like a safe space. Yeah. Um, and I think this like DJ world is still very like male dominated. And I mean, you kind of, or slick kind of combines um, more to me because it's not only um, black and brown girls, but they are like all born in Germany. So we, so when like talking about our childhood, we have also like a lot of overlaps, you know, and it's, um, it's very special, I think. That makes sense. And it's like, it's all, it's like a family, it's family unit. Um, yeah. And you kind of like, you, you rely on each other, not just like professionally, but it sounds a lot like it's, it's like also an, a great place to just like share your thoughts and feelings and just, yeah. you know, like personal development is, is, it sounds like it's a big part of that. Um, and I, yeah. I wondered how you guys make decisions. Um, obviously you mentioned more work. Um, as a collective and I know when you're just working on by yourself like decisions are just made um, yeah. is it more difficult yeah. well it's a it's a democratic process <laughs> and uh, it sometimes it's easier than other times and it's it always has to do with people being being available being present be able to check their phone or whatever I think that's kind of hard is getting a decision quickly that is something that that we're working on and thinking about the processes, um, decision processes um, and optimizing them. But yeah, we, we try to be as democratic as possible. And um, sometimes there's discussion about some stuff and we really try to have everybody's voice be heard and uh, considered, um, but it's, we don't really disagree about bookings or whatever that often. This, it happens sometimes and then we have to talk about it we have to discuss it and then people who want who want to join gigs or not join gigs or whatever but yeah we try try to have it as a, a very democratic process that makes sense and are there roles that are delegated in the group or is it is it like everyone's sort of doing their own thing while being together yeah I would say we have roles and we try to kind of switch roles if it's possible but 
because everyone has some kind of special skill set. And I think also um, apart from that, some things just come easy to one person more than other things. So like I hate being on Instagram and managing content, but Nissa is just like the way she does it. It seems so natural and it's just like amazing. So it wouldn't make any sense for me to take over, you know, because I would just create so much stress. Um, but still, because I'm also a designer, whenever, I don't know, Nissa is maybe overloaded with freelance work or whatever, I can still support and help. Um, so I think this is also like very important that you know someone else could take over so I think this is why it's so important that we kind of organize ourselves well and like um, everything is on our google drive and so on so in case someone's just like very sick or doesn't have the energy or capacity someone else could take over but we have kind of delegated roles. I also wanted to touch on um Uh, the topic of like mental health because I feel like that's come up a lot how has that like I guess that collective feeling impacted your your well-being is that something that you can like even measure like have you noticed differences in that I think it's uh it goes both ways like we said before there's so much energy and reassurance and having these people that have your back unconditionally and that is I think what we What we, um, what we try to practice, Ellie smartly called it radical solidarity. And that is what we try to practice within our group. And um, having, this, um, having this safety net of people is a really, really good feeling, especially like in a creative sector where a lot of people deal with insecurities about their own work, insecurities about their role, the fact that they're doing something like playing music in front of people at all. And, and it's really nice to have to have those people have your back, but at the same time, it eats up some energy as well. But um, I would say if we weigh it up against each other, the um, benefits definitely outweigh the disadvantages. Mm. Slick Unit is formed of black and brown women. Um, and I wondered how like that sort of um, community and the fact that you are in it together, um, um, especially in Germany, which um, is predominantly white, Yeah, I would say emotionally, we totally benefit off of it. I just had to think about the situation last week when we were invited by Gigi Vibe, um, which are a collective from Frankfurt. And they inv invited us to play there and we met up for a brunch the next day. And then they're uh, not exclusively, but um, I would say mostly black and brown collective as well. And um, we were just... It, The conversation just spilled into like this big conversation about growing up as black and brown people in smaller cities, which most of us did. And um, yeah, so it's really nice to have the people that you can just talk about to yeah. stuff like that, especially if you grow up around mainly white people, which was at least general in my experience. It's really good to have those talks and those exchanges with people that have a similar or maybe even same experience because they come from the same region, have the same background or whatever. It's a good feeling. Definitely. And also we have the same experience that now sometimes being tokenized, you know, I feel this is the other like thing that happens. Like now people look at diversity <laughs> and then suddenly they just book you because they like your looks, but they don't have any idea what you're playing. Like sometimes I also experience 
this uh, request to be super hurting me because I feel like you don't actually care what I'm putting out there um, and you don't care about the music that I play but you just want to have a black girl on your lineup and <laughs> I think we all experienced this before and it's also good to talk about these kind of things yeah and if you could give one piece of advice for a collective who might want to form or like follow in your footsteps like what would it be being inspired by what other people do without having feeling the need to like copy anything but like seeing recognizing and respecting what is there before it and then seeing what can you contribute that is really something new and something interesting and something that will make your group special I guess And yeah, just basically checking the intentions you have. Why, what are you here for? Why are you founding this collective? What is everybody's individual goal? And what is what are the goals you want to um, achieve as a group? And um, that is something that we try to um, discuss regularly and just checking in with everybody to make sure that everybody's still on the same page. Everybody's happy with, with what is happening and just taking taking the time and and the effort to care for the i don't know hy hygiene i keep thinking about hygiene but just like keeping everything cool keeping everything clean within the group and within the collective i think yeah and i think one part that is also very important for this is to like constantly also check other people's reality and um and also being honest with your resources and time and being realistic so you don't disappoint anyone um and i think that's just about also being fair to your team teammates in a sense and another very boring part but i think it's very important is to be well organized um i'm because i feel in the end this like less chaos reduces stress and enables you to kind of focus on the important things which is having fun and playing music <laughs> but I think every freelancer or DJ knows that there's also this huge part of like organization emails taxes that kind of suddenly takes up a lot of space and I think the better you can organize these things that are boring but mandatory you have yeah more free time what is the benefit also from a collective is that you can kind of streamline these kind of processes You have to make sure that the boring part is neat and nicely organized so it doesn't take up too much space and time. And I think as a collective or as a group, it's always nice to kind of establish routines. So we have like a monthly call. It's also a good reminder, like four weeks past, you should talk again. <laughs> because mm -hmm. I think in our example, it's like also very special because we're not in the same cities so we can just have this like chilled after work drink and discuss things, but it's really like setting up a call and allocating time and allowing mm -hmm. yourself also to fail in this kind of sense, right? Like it's it's okay. And I think we are still learning and we're learning from from everything we're doing as a collective. Slick Unit shows us the power of coming together working together, sharing work, sharing knowledge and supporting each other in order to achieve goals. I also wanted to ask an artist who has recently gone solo what collaboration means to them. So I decided to ask Aluna. Aluna is an artist who at first glance has had the opposite experience, starting off in a group before venturing solo. 
Aluna first rose to fame as one half of the UK electronic duo Aluna George. And since then, the singer-songwriter has built upon the act sound in a solo context to venture further into the eclectic dance-pop territory. I wanted to hear from Aluna directly about what collaboration means to her and how she works through her fears alone, especially after experiencing music as both part of a group and a solo artist. So first up, ask Aluna what made her smile today. Oh, what made me smile is always my daughter, my two and a half year old. At the moment, she's waking up just screaming with joy, buffatonic for any any starting Monday. That is so nice. And with, with that being said, I, I'm assuming that your life as an artist has changed quite rapidly over the years um, from growing up in a nearly all-white suburb, you were living in a London squat at a time, you moved on to being the face of a mainstream radio-friendly act, now you're the face of an all-black electronic music festival, you've moved into motherhood, you talked about your daughter. I wondered what your relationship is like with change and how you embrace it as you've developed and grown so much over the years. My relationship with change is that I always look into the dark corners and um, find something that I can shift or move towards to kind of break it up into smaller pieces and like bring light to that dark corner, you know? Um, because my work is art and creativity, I'm able to use it in certain ways as like a personal development, like part of the process. And then if something's helped me, I can put that into my music and it's almost like it comes back around to help me again and move me forward. So change is like always something that's been either pushed onto me through circumstances. Cause like when I was small, I mean, I moved a lot, like moved countries, moved houses, moved environments and everything like that. And so I've got the skill of adaptation. So I'm highly adaptive. So change will be kind of like as scary as it can be for a lot of people, but I'll kick into gear somehow where I'll be like, okay, how can I make this work for me as opposed to on me? And there's always that little shift where you start to be like, okay, I'm not going to be just thrown around by this wave. I'm going to try and ride it or duck underneath it. There's the two choices when you're in an actual wave. If it's really big, you've either got to ride it or duck right underneath it, catch breath. Um, so that's what I would, I would do, I do with change. That sounds like you have definitely developed like a skill set over time to be so fearless and like confident with like the decisions that you make because being able to make change work for you is something that I think a lot of people struggle with, including myself. And it's it requires a sense of like vulnerability because you have to operate, you can't operate from a place of fear. Um, what, as an artist, I guess, makes you scared and how do you embrace that that fear in order to make the music that you make and that is something authentic to who you are? It's interesting because I um, fear is like a huge part of my life. I think when you grow up with the intersection of racism and sexism, you are constantly in a position of 
potential fear. And so really what you're doing a lot of time is you actually are working out out of a place of fear, but you're not seeing fear as your enemy. You're allowing space for it and allowing it to actually give you information. Like this is kind of where I'm at now. This is a pretty advanced thinking space that I have developed definitely over time. Um, I think in the past, like when I didn't know what, what I was doing, I probably um, took my time because of fear and because of holding the fear. But and I would sort of drag myself towards something that would in some way process that fear or go against that fear or tackle that fear. Nowadays, I... I get that fear and I'm like, ah, I'm actually at a place where I like to validate my feelings. And if I am experiencing fear, then I'm going to take that as some information that I can use to guide what's going on. So, for example, if I have the fear that I've done something wrong, which like that's one of my biggest biggest regular chronic fears is I've done something wrong or I'm doing something wrong there's going to be consequences I'll be like okay well if you're that scared maybe there is something fundamentally about the way you're thinking about this that might need to shift so I recently had a big one where it was like I've done something wrong it's all my fault and then I was like ah but how powerful are you How can it all be your fault if you're just one person and you came from a place of trying to do something good? You're not that powerful, honey. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm not that powerful. Like, how can it be all my fault if I'm not that powerful? And so, like, you know, say, for example, I'm scared in front of an audience and I'm like, you know, thinking like, oh, no one likes me or I'm not, I'm not doing what everyone wants me to do or they don't like, I don't belong here. And I'm, then if you flip that the other way, it's like, <laughs> what makes you think that anyone is like focusing all their attention on you? People have their own lives. They've got people standing next to them. They've got the place that they are in, this environment that they're in in general. They've got the whole day in their life that brought them to this place to, in this moment. You were only really part of it in a small, much, much smaller way than you think you are. Like, just because you're on stage doesn't mean you're suddenly the hero of everyone else's life. Mm. So that then I can like be like, I'm going to take some of that fear off my shoulders and come down to like, all right, the last fear that I have is that like, I won't like what I'm doing. So well, that's just then, then it's just down to me. And I could maybe just like say like, I do like what I'm doing. Yay. You know what I mean? Then you work through that fear like that. But all of the step, every step of the way, you're still making decisions. You're still in front of people. You're still doing things. And so, yes, in a way, you are working from a place of fear, but you're not letting the fear actually be the driving force. You're just letting it be like one of the, guidance systems within that forward motion because I think we reject fear too much 
um, and we vilify ourselves and we punish ourselves for being scared. Like, you know, we see it as a very negative thing for someone to be scared. It's like, well, you wouldn't think that if they were standing in front of a lion. You would think they were an absolute idiot if they were not scared of a wild lion, <laughs> you know, unless you're a lion tamer. <laughs> <laughs> so fear is not the enemy, which is why people are able to operate in a state of fear. I love that you have taken a different approach to our perception of fear and that it's actually something positive And when you channel it in the right way, you can move forward and I'm guessing create in your case like create um, art and be able to be a creative whilst also like be like validating that that fear that you have and not as you said like vilifying it um, and I know when I was reading around um, your um, decision to move into like a solo venture you spoke about um, having fear around the maybe like the unknown of like what's to come um but that not necessarily being like a negative thing and actually that even though you're like a like a solo artist now it doesn't mean that there's no room for collaboration and in fact like music is collaborative through and through like that's one of the key components of making art or being a creative um so i wanted to ask you what your views are around collaboration now that you've moved into a solo space and how like your views around collaboration within music have changed over time Collaboration is a skill in and itself. It's not something that you can um, avoid having as a skill and then try and work with people, if that makes sense. Yeah. If you do not have the skill of collaboration, you can't collaborate with people successfully and you have to use other means with which to um, involve yourself in other ways so, like with other people so some people might use money or like uh, a high turnover of collaborators like you know each time you make you get something done but you burn that bridge move on move on move on so the actual skill of collaboration where for example your ego and who you are does not get in the way of the coming together with somebody that's a skill set and so I think it's really, really valuable, um, but it's not, it, it's not something that comes just naturally. Um, but it's not, it's not the same space in any way as your relationship with yourself and that type of working methodology, which is equally important. Um, but it is something that I really, it really depends on the person, like, what they come to first as the kind of easiest path. Um, Cause all of us just kind of want to get to the place of making music and putting out and da 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 da. Um, for me, collaboration came first. And that's because looking inward and having a relationship with myself was the much harder journey for me um like I said having moved countries and homes multiple multiple times I already had this ability to meet someone new straight away get on some type of creative space with them so say say I'm like five it's 
my mum will like push me over to like another group of friends and within that day we've got to work out how to like play a game together like real quick it's like I don't know be in some way collaborative uh in your attitude not just in like but I mean I was always really bossy because <laughs> um I think I came from I'm I'm a single I'm a single I'm an only child and so I always had focus and vision um and I had to invent games because there was no one to play with so I would be the first one to kind of be like okay well let's do this or let's do that my so my decision to go solo was actually the scarier decision because for other people if they don't have that skill of collaboration they can indulge in the beautiful process that it is to kind of have your own ideas and then make them come to life and then have other people experience those ideas. And um, a lot of those ideas can kind of be coming from inner parts of you. And that's, that's something that can yield like some of the most beautiful work because it has that singular point of view. Um, but a lot of the times you want it, you want both. And so if you're someone who has only done one side of it, like I, when I, when I made, came to the decision of like the solo project, I look at my musical journey as a, in a holistic way. So I was like, all right, I've done a lot of collaboration. I've done bops and hits. I've done the big shows I, I mean I've played in stadiums um what haven't I done and it was like girl you know what it is <laughs> you've not made a body of work that just comes from you and is about you because and why is that question mark so that's that was my fear bubble it was like all right this is what you're scared of okay why Ah, because I don't believe I'm worthy. I don't believe I'm enough. I don't even believe I exist. I don't know who I am. I don't think it's okay to be a biracial black woman. I don't feel like it's okay to be a black woman making dance music. It's not okay for me to be here. And so that's why it's scary. It's like, okay, well, let's prove it right or wrong. Let's just see. Make a body of work that's about your biracial history and the combination of the places that you've lived see what it sounds like also you know you're a rule breaker because you are mixed right you're not adhering to any racial rules in that way but you are a perfect blend otherwise you would be in like literally different parts like a goblin i am harmonious i'm a one human made up of different parts clashing parts cultures that don't uh, don't blend in real what in the real world so do that in the music but do it in the way that you know like you have the inner relationship with africa like you are a member of the african diaspora from many many different parts of the world um i don't talk about my indian side that much because i haven't explored indian music basically uh, but i am half indian um and half jamaican um and so I had to then use I had to explore that other side of my musical 
journey which was that solo relationship with me as my by myself um even though I could have just spent my whole career just like collaborating 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 it's so interesting when I when you're speaking and talking about I guess identity and how it relates to making music as your in your own right and how you want to do it because often when you talk um to groups or like collectives there is this like sense of group identity which people or it seems to like bind everyone together and it provides a lot of security and safety um and it sounds like from what you're saying if you haven't established that stability and sense of safety within yourself before being in a group it can it, it's gonna de- delay I guess like finding your sense of self and your maybe like your purpose and or like your you know you're just being comfortable in who you are um so I wondered like how you dealt with the uncertainty that um a solo event that the solo venture like brought up with you um and how maybe it compared to did you did you feel like a sense of safety when you were collaborating when you were with um, when you're in a group like was that more of a space of comfort and now is it more uncomfortable and in that process are you being able to like grow more so yeah um I did feel safe and again I use my emotions as a guide so when I get it when I would get a, a strong sense of a certain type of safety it was actually a warning bell for me because I knew that I was using it as um, a, like a safety net from a place of either displacement or fear again that was like unsustainable or something that meant that I wasn't able to actually access part of myself because I'm always on this journey to feel like I belong on this planet so the safety that I got from being in a band with the music was that I was my blackness was protected I was protected from the world my blackness wasn't exposed my blackness wasn't being used against me um but also the fact that I was biracial wasn't being used to undermine my blackness there's so many layers to it and I was like but if I don't reclaim space for me to be a black woman I still won't exist I can make as many bops as I want but I will feel like an imposter I'll feel like a visitor I'll feel like I'm out of my body all the time and it won't stop until I actually exist within the space that I have created for other people to have fun and for other people to enjoy themselves. But ultimately, I also won't do that for other young black girls out there. My purpose for making music came from a place of being a lonely, isolated black girl who didn't see herself in anything that gave me a sense of freedom. I saw myself in boxes where black excellence was happening, but it was still boxed in. You know, R&B, soul, hip hop are beautiful genres of music, but they are boxes. And if you stray out of that, 
there were many issues that happen. And I was like, but straying out of that is freedom. You can't give, you can't say that someone's free, but say that they can't come outside of a box. Um, and probably my mission on this planet is an ambassador of freedom, a storyteller of freedom. But along the way, I was like, and can I have some inside myself as well so that I can also be an example? Because like being just a guide isn't enough. It's like a therapist who hasn't had therapy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you speak a lot about, I guess, now feeling like you can explore your blackness more and that you're not in a box and that you can you have that freedom um, to do what you want to do. What does it mean to you to be a black woman in dance music taking up space? Um, it's like coming home because I think that the reason black women's voices have been used so much in dance music is because we belong there in that place where our story storytelling combined with our kind of multifaceted emotional depth and historical experience of both being oppressed but but giving life and nurture nurturing the next generation to survive <laughs> um there's a lot in that that's very healing and in dance music that body high that rhythmic body high that you get brings you to this place of natural kind of healing and the black woman's vocal often is a real catalyst for like amplifying that and so it's really just like we've been we've been having quite an outer body experience for about 30 years and so then it's just that kind of coming into the into the body and like it feeling like quite natural um at the end of the day so that's like my personal and private relationship with dance music and probably the reason why I've always ended up gravitating to it even though I'm not served by the genre that that is dance music today you said it's like coming home and I think that's such a that gave me a lot of warmth um when you said that and you took a minute to really reflect on on what that I, I guess what the question meant I wanted to ask you what music makes you feel at home the most because you said that dance music doesn't like serve you um well growing up I listened to quite a variety of what I would say is just like still dark like to me it was dance music um I had some African music it was all my mum's CD collection she had African music some dance hall some like 60s Motown um and so, and like, you know, things like Felakuti or those types of rhythms, like very rhythmic based dance music. Um, and then, so like house and techno, I wasn't, I was 
in England. So I'm, I was a kid. So I, I didn't, I was not part of like knowing and hearing like early house and techno. I only heard early house and techno like two years ago. Like when I just like sat down and did research. Mm-hmm. I was like, what's this rumor that like queer black people invented house and techno in Detroit and Chicago? I need to check this out. We spoke a lot about collaboration. You've spoken about identity, um, coming into your own, exploring blackness, house and techno, and just really what it means to be existing in the space that you are in now and like what your mission is. And I think it's painted a, a really lovely picture of of an artist who's really being genuine and authentic to who they are as, a, as opposed to maybe some of the pressures that might have been um, around and it, it feels very um, real and it's you can hear it as well in the way you speak I wondered what you thought of the phrase best alone better together what does that phrase mean to you in your work especially with all the experiences that you have had um, whether it's in relation to being solo being in a duo collaborating best alone better together how does that relate to you um it's interesting because I'm I've always been a loner I've always been like the corner corner of the room at the party kind of girl um at school I was I had basically no friends um and so I like I live like it was my family was just like what one person just my mom so if she was at work I mean there there was no one around and so I've always got this like unmet need of being with people but at the same time because of the kind of work that I needed to do on myself in terms of like my own feeling of worthiness like I said I could be in groups and feel very alone uh, and so that's been a challenge to uh, indulge in my desire to build community and b- bring people together and be part of a group at the same time as needing to like actually feel it when I'm there. Um, so I feel like that uh, probably a lot of people experience that without being able to express it. Um, and you know we talk about being an introvert and an extrovert I definitely get my energy from being alone and I then am able to give that out when I'm with people but I don't necessarily absorb energy from people Uh, so my work has always been to try and be self-sustaining in my energy levels and my create like the energy I need for creativity and things like that and realizing that the kind of um constant desire to feel worthy and try to prove that you're worthy is a is a very exhausting process and to instead skip the whole thing skip all of it and only focus on the concept that you were already worthy which, you know, it's like a form of spiritual bypass in a way, but one that I actually 
with stand behind. Most of the time, spiritual bypass is a derogatory term for people who just talk spirity, but are like shallow. How do we ever know if someone's shallow or deep? I don't know. But that's what that term is for. But when I say it here in this context, it's like, skip the the fallacy that you will somehow feel better and feel more worthy if you prove that by, by attaining these goals that you should be on this pleasant, especially, it's really especially important for black people because the dehumanization that we've inherited from slavery is potent. And it feels like you, it makes sense. Like, of, like yes, like, of course you need to prove that you're worthy. Like, because you have such a deep feeling, I personally have such a deep feeling of unworthiness coming from the deep belief that I'm inhuman or some way because I'm black, because that's what society has built into the system and the atmosphere and layers of it. It's like in our minds, in our hearts, as so if we got rid of all the racists, it would still exist, this concept. And so it's really important to realize that this doesn't come from an internal place. It's an external lie. And the fear for me as a black person is that it will somehow detach me from my safety prot protocol, which is black excellence. Huge pressure. Black excellence often comes from a place of if you can present black excellence to the world, they will treat you like a human and therefore you will be safe. And that safety is a part of our constant fight or flight natural human instinct to go towards. So if you know that as a kind of construct that you're living your life under, and then suddenly you take away the need to be feel worthy and human and replace that with you're already worthy and human, then what are you going to do? Are you going to keep doing the stuff that you do? And that is the place where I'm at, where it's like, aha, but I like to do things at a high level and a high creativity boiling point because I enjoy it and I have a relationship with it. And so nothing can take that away. Even if I am no longer doing it for the reason of trying to exist on the planet. Um, and I, I think that's a huge thing that a lot of black artists and creatives could listen to and, and think about because you can still be an incredible genius artist, I believe, and be healing on the inside. <laughs> I think it's okay. You don't have to like punish yourself as well as creating amazing things. They don't have to go, that doesn't have to be the pathway. You have curated a lineup, an all black lineup for Noir Festival, um, Noir Fever, sorry, festival. And I wondered what your intentions were around the curation and um, what community means to you when it comes to black people in dance music around um, sort of, yeah, around the idea of bringing people together um, in music. The process goes back to 
before Noir Fever was created to when I um, started hosting bi-weekly support groups on Zoom for Black Girl Ravers. And we would start the session and these, these, are peop- these are people that have kind of just been going to festivals and maybe being like the only black girl at the festival with their one black friend or the only black girl in a group of white friends who were the only people that would go with them or just by themselves. So they're thinking that that's just what it's, what it is. They don't, they're not really aware that there's a whole community globally um, who've been doing this. And I would ask them to share like their first festival experience. And we're thinking this will be like nice and fun, but it was so emotional. It was so emotional because it was that idea of the armor that one has to put on to survive in those environments just to have a good dance. That's all it is, just to have a like a fun time. But that armor to to um deal with the microaggressions and that sensation of otherness that is happening that you can't allow into your experience, otherwise it'll block you from having a good time. So there's all of this like pushing it, pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. And then to hear someone else having a similar experience it would it just like it create this beautiful moment for everybody where they knew they weren't alone anymore and that had this really really powerful effect in all of our lives you know during that time it would it was so easy to feel isolated but we were like we're part of the black girl raver group and we weren't able to be together and we'd made no changes to the world we hadn't really made any changes to our own lives but just that connection was like so powerful and so when I go to when I think about Noir Fever Festival I just think of that that um amplified for all of the artists that are going to be there and then I think about what that must what's that's going to be like for an audience member to see black dance artists feeling at home. The performances are gonna have a different edge to them. And every one of those artists is gonna go away having experienced that feeling of like, wow, I'm not a visitor to this this space. I guess we're thinking about collaboration and the, the topic of everything, of this conversation originally was around whether it was best to work alone whether to work together and how I guess it affects um, collaboration, well-being and um, artistry and just being a creative in general. And something that struck me is that um, even though you are now on your solo venture creating music under Luna, you are so tapped into communities and from Black Girl Ravers and hosting support groups to curation on festival lineups it's 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 so together in you're working so much with other people you're working together even though you are a solo artist so I thought that was like a very interesting that that was like a very interesting dynamic um so I wanted I wanted to ask you um what community means to you 
community is an app is for me is an amplification it's not like where you come to be extractionary you can definitely come and let it fill you up absolutely um but if you find that you are able to take something away with it be aware and bring something else to that community with noir fever festival and noir fever as a as an organization it's always about connection so in the next um year um i'm going to be working with different underground um communities that serve the black and queer communities around the world um and sharing their stories with other communities it's kind of like cross community connection um so I want to act like a kind of conduit because I think there's really powerful um things that happen when two groups connect instead of trying to compete um or being sep- remaining separate um and just telling the story of we are the future of dance music and the way that we're taking care of that future is we're taking care of each other and we're connecting each other and in that way is, is that that's the process that I want us to reclaim space in dance music for us uh, and at the end of the day the parties are just going to be so good that's my only reason for doing any of it we're just going to have a great party <laughs> I love that listen I know the parties are going to be amazing and we're lucky to have such a wonderful conduit like yourself connecting people together so I'm really excited to see how that goes and I'm looking forward to see the work that comes out of it so thank you again for joining us and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day thanks for having me it seems as though collaboration is at the heart of music whether you are a solo artist or part of a DJ collective you cannot get away from collaboration. And as Aluna helps us to understand, healing by yourself is a necessary first step. Being able to conquer your fears alone and having the courage to step outside of what is comfortable is a crucial part of creative integrity. Collaboration is in the essence of what makes music so wonderful. It's a key component of community. And I've learned that there is joy in shared experiences and there is joy in being comfortable with being alone. And that joy in both instances is contagious. Whether it's the joy of listening to music, making music, playing music, being part of something big or small, there is something very beautiful and healing in working together or working alone. Thank you to all our contributors for sharing their stories. And thank you for listening to what Slick Unit and Aluno had to share. The full archive for our collaboration with Black Minds Matter is available for you to take in now and you can find them on the RA site. Black Minds Matter are looking for 21,000 long-term donors who are able to donate £5 per month and with your support they can take real next steps into achieving their goal of creating a lasting impact on black mental health. There are links in the description of this podcast if you are able to help. Thank you so much for listening.